Blog Talk Radio. Ho, ho, ho. You're listening to the Alpha Show. Therefore, tonight, have we truly become the inheritors of our American legacy, a government more dangerous to our liberty than is the enemy it claims to protect us from. You get to a point of sky is green, grass is blue. You get to a point of who can you believe? Who will you believe? You're tuned in to TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. Men with no brains, no heart, and no balls. She wouldn't be in Oz. She'd be in Congress. <laughs> well, good evening. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Show here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. We have a very interesting show ahead of us, but we also have news that is upon us. Uh, Bangladesh, they say at least seven or eight are holding hostage some 40 people in a bakery in Bangladesh. To me, this is a clear indication that they are losing. They're losing. They're being pushed out of their territory. They're in Iraq, and they're losing uh, members. They're losing soldiers because now they have sent the the death squads out. We call them death squads because that's exactly what they are. It has to be a situation where you shut down these borders and not allow these these religious nuts to cross. And when they do, you have to keep an eye on You know, one of the nuttiest things that's happening here is you've got a man running for president who not only doesn't give a damn or care less, but he knows absolutely nothing. And he's, he's proven that every week he proves that more and more and more. And yet the media coddles him. You even got Republicans who are screaming at the top of their lungs. And they're established Republicans. 
and uh, actually nothing uh, useful and their screams and cries as they've lost to this 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 fraud, to this uh, snake oil salesman. Because if you can say it once, but he says it three and four times, and people, the idiots, the idiots in his following, take it to be gospel, take it to be the truth. They're happy with a little bitty, just a little tiny bit of racism. But if you are amongst racists, what does that make you? If you know the man is a racist and you endorse him, support him, what does that make you? And that's what Democrats have failed to message. That's what they have failed to get across to the American people. That if you are supporting a racist, a bigot, what's the difference? What's the difference in Donald Trump not denouncing David Duke and the KKK And Republicans not denouncing Donald Trump. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But we can move on. We can move on because this is shaping up to be a an election of the the nasty, the negative. This is shaping up to be the election of. Where you going? And who you with? You can stay home. Can you survive four years of Donald Trump? Can you literally can black people literally survive? Cuts in food stamps. Can black people survive? Cuts in Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. Can black people survive? Cuts in education. Cuts in health care. Because he's going to get rid of the Affordable Care Act also. Because if the Republicans pass it, and they will, and put it on his desk, he will definitely sign it. So ask yourself, are you going to go with the sellouts to the 1%? Or are you going to go with the people who are bothering him and compromising and and debating the 1% and not fully giving in to it. You have a choice to make and you will have a choice to make come November. There are so many, I would say, negatives are higher than the positive here. You have people saying, and through a campaign of... um, Disingenuous. Hillary Clinton already has so much against her because of her own self-inflicted wounds, because of her own behavior. Say to yourself, well, she is deserving. 
Tia's just the only thing left standing. Bernie Sanders would have been a very, very honest, honest choice. But one of the stories I'm doing this evening comes out of the nation of change. And it speaks about leaked emails. And the leaked emails show that the DNC was pushing for Hillary's nomination from the start. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, she was scheduling the debates on a Saturday night when the college football season playoffs were going, and she was scheduling debates for Sunday nights when she nobody's watching, all in an effort to tap down the message from Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders' message resonated above that. But they had a firewall behind that. And that was the voting. That was the the disenfranchisement of many voters, thousands of voters, hundreds of thousands of voters, until they got the desired candidate that they wanted. Forget about the people. You had the superdelegates, and they're all aligned with Hillary. Before one vote was cast, they were for Hillary. So these are the choices that have been picked. The DNC needs to be overhauled, starting with Debbie Wasserman Schultz. There should be a progressive agenda. Emails secured by hackers have revealed that the DNC stacked the deck and colluded with the media from the start of the presidential race in order to push for a Hillary Clinton nomination. The hacker, known as uh, Gucci Fire 2.0, hacked into the DNC server and gained access to hundreds of documents and emails, including opposition research on Donald Trump and the DNC's action to completely support Hillary Clinton as a Democratic nominee. Now, without the hacker, we knew that, simply because it was so obvious from the beginning. The documents specifically mentioned their goals and strategies as providing a contrast between the GOP field and Hillary Clinton. Now, the GOP field was filled with a clown car of radicals. And I call them radicals because that's exactly what the the conservative messages did. But they're allowed to keep it alive because that point isn't driven home. It isn't driven home by Democrats. The examples aren't given as to the success and progress in places like Minnesota, California, and Oregon, where Democrats control the legislation and the progressive ideology and positions are fostered, and they are working, as opposed to places like Kansas. North Dakota. And North Dakota 
has taken a, to show you how bad it is. North Dakota is the only state with a state bank. And they hit oil. They're doing a lot of oil, but the price of oil is falling. You have other examples, such as Michigan, Republican governor, Republican legislator. Wisconsin, Republican governor, Republican legislator. You've got Ohio. Republican governor. Pennsylvania has just elected a Democratic governor a couple of years. The majority of their legislation is still Republican. And you can go down the line in each and every state with Republican control. They are failing. They're losing jobs. And the middle class is dwindling to nothing. Take your, take your pick. To me, it's obvious. To me, it's a no-brainer. To me, it's less than a ball of confusion. To me, it has to be in the in the facts. And you cannot you cannot hide these facts. You cannot hide these facts. And guess who's running for governor again? The governor of Michigan, Snyder. After he's poor, he should be in jail, be locked up. There are a few suits because of the poisoning, but uh, I don't expect too much to to come of that. The Supreme Court... um, reversed a jury's decision on the Virginia Republican governor. Why? I'll tell you, it seems to it seems to walk a tightrope. They don't want progressive leaning judges sitting at any bench but they will fight to the death to have the conservative radical judges, the ones who are trying to legislate at the bench. The Iowa Supreme Court, which is full of Republican judges, just denied voting rights to 20,000 ex-felons, which means You have served your time. You have repaid your debt to society. And yet, you're not allowed to vote. 4-4 Supreme Court deadlocks have been coming down the pipe. Basically, reverts many of the decisions to the lower courts. And they are filled with Republicans. So their firewall is at risk. And the Supreme Court nominations are at risk. You get a Donald Trump, you get more Scalia's. And what did he say? On one of the, on the discrimination, the Texas affirmative action decision, it came down 5-3. 5 plus 3 are 8. He said, 
Donald Trump said, I would have nominated another Scalia to win that decision. Then it would have just been 5-4, you idiot. The man is not qualified. The man is a canard. And just like we saw with Trump University, we're seeing the same things pop up, and now there's a new one called Trump Institute. Trump Institute was a, I don't know, get rich quick scheme that you sell real estate and you, he taught you, he, he's going to teach you how to be successful because um, he knows all the best people. We have all the best words. And only things that come out of his mouth are goofy. And oh, is that a plane? That's a Mexican plane. Are they going to bomb us? The man is a Period. Period. I can't tell you the number of stories, the things, the failures from a Donald Trump. I can't emphasize to you Enough. Enough with the nonsense. Enough with the posture. It's time not only to call out Republicans, it's time to call out the media. Thanks to conservatives, now the majority of news outlets, print, video, and audio are owned by a couple of corporations because they're continuing to consolidate. They are continuing to consolidate. So the only thing we're getting is propaganda, opinionated propaganda. They're not even going as far to try to make it look good. They simply don't give a damn. They simply will not allow real news to come across the the wire, informing the American people is not what they're trying to do. And that's what we have to realize. We have to understand that propaganda Hypotheticals, innuendo, speculation has trumped journalism and democracy. Has simply outlasted, and they would rather scorch, scorch the earth policy. to reasonable thought, to people who can say to themselves, that's not right. And how how does that work? The failures of this man who is their presumptive nominee, 
his failures are just just unbelievable. He has a record of just being an idiot. But that's okay for most of the people. I was watching, um, I saw a clip, Jimmy Kimmel, where they went out to interview people and the person doing the doing the interviewing the people had purposeful lies about Hillary. And to each and every person, they proclaimed that they did see that that news and uh, they read that article and they saw that and she's not trustworthy in the whole nine yards. That's how far off the rails they are. And Donald Trump's failures are simply they're not they're not even eye opening anymore. Elizabeth Warren on Trump's failures. Colas Bala. You know, the way I see it, there's an important principle at stake here. Higher education should be about investing in students, not about making a profit for the government or boosting revenues for rich guys. And that brings us back to Donald Trump. <laughs> ah, Trump University which his own employees explained was just a big lie and a fraudulent scheme. Now, rather than investing in high-quality instructors and counselors to teach classes, Donald Trump put together an army of salespeople to sell, sell, sell those classes. It was like a used car dealership, except that's not fair to use car dealerships. <laughs> Trump salespeople, but listen to what he did. Trump salespeople would focus on how much money someone could come up with, then push these prospective students to max out all their credit cards to fork over thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars to Donald. His playbook said, look for people with problems because they make good targets. Trump even encouraged his sales force to go after elderly people who are just trying to create a little financial security. Now, Trump University failed, and that's no surprise. Think about all the other Trump failures. Trump casinos, Trump airlines, Trump steaks, Trump magazines, Trump vodka, Trump mortgage, Trump games, Trump travel, Trump ice, Trump network. Donald Trump is a proven businessman, a proven failure. We have a destructive electric, the people middle class who are vulnerable to propaganda and repetitious bullshit that you hear coming from the mouths of these clowns day after day. And that's where we are. And that's why it's almost the bewitching hour. It's almost checkmate. It's almost that time. The time is of no return. It's almost the time when we won't be able to recover. Because recovery simply will not be in the cards for us. We cannot, I repeat, we cannot continue down this road. Because this road is headed for the ultimate dead end. You're listening to The Alpha Show at TruthWorks Radio Network. Alpha drills down 
every Friday, 10 p.m. Just damn. No matter what, know your values. No matter what, know you matter. The I Declare Show, home of Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. The I Declare Show, real raw right now talk media, I Declare the I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. I'm Janice Graham, and I declare it's real, raw, and right now, the I Declare Show with India Declare. Our common ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Saturday, 10 p.m. Join us live and live it on our common ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Our common ground, where friends come to meet comrades. I'm Janice Graham. You're listening to the Alpha Show on TruthWorks Network. Now back to Alpha. TruthWorks Network. Truth Works. TruthWorks Network Talk Radio. It's the Black Voice Collaborative. Right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Janice Graham. This is our phone. It would be my honor if you would join TruthWorks Network. I believe in truth. you get right down to it when you when people who are liberal progressives there is a constant a constant need for attending it's like it's like watching a pot of grits you got to constantly stir like just like cooking there's not enough to to win. 
Because once you have won, they simply go back to the drawing board to figure out how they can undercut, undermine entire process all over again. The Supreme Court decision on abortion. The Republicans passed laws in the states that they controlled that said that your abortion facilities had to meet the same standards as hospitals and that the attending physicians must have doctors uh, Doctors, doctors admitting credential. And thus, they took the abortion clinics in Texas from 44 down to 10, which meant women had to drive obscene miles, five, 600 miles to abortion clinic. And then when they got there, they had a 48-hour waiting period. So then they had to find lodging and stay in the hotel. Now, if you don't have, if you're poor people, you can't afford it. And the court ruled that this was too big of a, this was a burden and not to protect women's health. And they were absolutely right. My problem with this entire scenario is all of these abortion clinics should have, should be able to reopen at the expense of the state. Because right now, many of them closed. And they will remain closed because either the building was sold, or there are so many things that they have to now recover from because of the law, unjust law like this is how they work. This is how they operate. Everything you want to do, they take it to court. The courts are their firewall. The courts are, if they can keep conservative people on the courts, they can rule your normal legislation unconstitutional or something something that simply will stop it. Everything this president tried to do obstructed. And then when he took matters into his own hands with executive orders, they sued him. Nothing like a lot of, and I'll tell you like this, Hillary Clinton becomes president, same thing. Do you think for one minute that they're going home and accept the Tenure of another Democratic president? No. And Democrats don't understand that. They won't acknowledge that. They won't turn into the fight. And as long as you are not turning into the fight, as long as you're trying to be friends with these people who have absolutely no regard and no I would say they have no no wish to compromise. You are going to come out on the wrong end, the bad end. And that is the biggest fear from a Hillary Clinton. That is the biggest fear when you don't have a progressive agenda. 
Bernie Sanders is what's pulling her to the left. I do not blame him for not endorsing her and dropping out. Staying in all the way to the convention. It will make better sense. TPP and the the college debt. You know, you have people speaking about, oh, we don't need... How, Bernie, how are you going to get free college for everyone? And Bernie didn't have an answer. And that basically sunk him. And that, and not, not sunk him with the people because he had a lot of people who who backed him. He had a lot of people who backed him. But what that sunk him with are the superdelegates and the donors. He didn't, still didn't have trouble raising money. But when they asked Bernie Sanders how he was going to uh, afford, where was he going to get the money from to afford free college, to afford free health care, to afford programs that he was promoting. He simply could not answer the question. And if he was on top of his game, he had a few helping hands. Tax breaks for obscene CEO bonuses. We give tax breaks of $7 billion a year to CEOs for their bonuses. That's a subsidy we cannot afford. Or would they rather cut the food stamp program, cut Social Security, or cut Medicare? We give tax cuts for corporate jets, $300 million a year. Big oil subsidies, we give them $37.5 billion a year. $37.5 billion. Pharmaceutical subsidies. We give the pharmaceutical industry $270 billion a year. Those are answers to those set-up questions because that's exactly what they were, set-up questions. The net profits for the top 11 global pharmaceutical companies pencils out to something in the area of $711.4 billion. So why are we giving them subsidies? This is not a matter of raising taxes. This is a matter of revenue distribution. Capital gain tax breaks, $51 billion a year. And Bernie Sanders didn't know where the money was coming from. Corporate tax subsidies from state and local governments, we give $80.4 billion a year. But Bernie Sanders could not answer those questions, which allowed the Clinton campaign and the news media to swoop in like vultures for the kill, pecking on our corpse. 
because he was dead in the water. He was the cadaver that they looked for because he could not answer that question. Welfare for Wall Street. We give Wall Street $83 billion a year. The government subsidizes Wall Street to the tune of $83 billion a year. Export, import, bank subsidies, $112 billion. There's plenty of money. Plenty of money is available. Plenty of money. And last but not least, federal contracts for the top 200. We subsidize them at a tune of $880 billion a year. But we don't have all of those examples I just gave you. But we don't have money for infrastructure repair. Let the bridges fall. Let the roads crater. We can't afford it. Well, if we can cut the public the public workers' pensions, if we can cut education, if we can cut food stamps, if we can cut head start, to me, this is what I call progressive malfeasance. Bernie Sanders as a as a progressive democratic socialist should not have only been on the ball and been on top of this. This should have been what he promoted, what he coveted. The welfare, the will, the real welfare chiefs are corporations. And the corporations rule the day. 929-477-2867 is the number. That's 45 minutes in. I'm just giving the number. Let me give it again. 929-477-2867. It's not rocket science. So with all of the things that the DNC and the hurdles that put they put up in front of Bernie Sanders, he was the biggest tripping post because he tripped over his own idea. There's plenty of money to afford free education through college. There's plenty of money to afford Medicare for all. There's plenty of money to afford these things for the middle class. We simply needed someone to articulate. And even with that, Bernie Sanders has created this huge following. I said huge, not huge. Bernie Sanders has created this huge following. And unless he stays with it to drag the Democratic Party, back to a progressive position, he will allow Hillary Clinton to go on with the conservative agenda. But right now, be honest. How about some political reality, some intellectual reality? you got one or two choices. Don't tell me about Jill Stein. 
Gerald Stein has about as much chance to become president of the United States as I have getting into a pant size 32. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Tell me something good. Let's be realistic. Political reality. And the only other choice is a Donald Trump. Tell me Gary Johnson, the libertarian candidate, has a snowball's chance in hell. But I'll tell you who has a chance. It's Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump is openly attacking these trade deals and promising these idiots that he will bring the jobs back. The same party that voted against job creations for veterans, jobs, bills, infrastructure. They filibustered them all. And to me, it underscores progressive malfeasance. You know, when you have the majority like Democrats had, you pass all of those bills that Pelosi passed in the House, and you attach a budgetary amendment to each and every one of those bills. And when it comes to the Senate, you use budget reconciliation, but you push through your agenda to change the landscape of a country, to show the people in the country that your ideas work and their ideas are are couched in the lies, innuendo, fear-mongering, and just playing out and out Stupid ideology, failed ideology, still talking trickle down, and it's been a failure for 30 years, but they don't stop talking. They repeat it as nausea, and that is our problem. That is the problem of the Democratic Party. They do not have enough participants willing to message. One of the upsides. To the Hillary campaign, they know the importance of surrogates. You see, they have surrogates because they fight like Republicans because they really are Republicans. And you simply have to watch them because they're Republican leaning. They're hypocrites, hypocrites of debt, found at a minimum wage increase. When it's been shown in state by state where the minimum wage has increased to $15, the state has prospered. It hasn't cost jobs, but that's the lie they've told you. The liberal agenda must be echoed ad nauseum. The liberal agenda is just that, the liberal agenda. You see, we are liberals. We are not against the rich. We are against using wealth to gain an unfair advantage. We are not against corporations. We're against corporations governing us. We're not against capitalism. We're against 
corruption and crony capitalism. We're not against banks. We're against fraudulent banks and the practice. We're not against Wall Street. We're against legalized fraud. We're not against energy. We're against the pollution of our land, air, and water. We are not against democracy. We are against a sale and influence by our elected officials. Don't tell me that that is a complicated, a difficult message to carry. For when you are so ineffective in message carrying, you have to say to yourself, what does that lead? It leads to starve the beast, and Republicans have been doing this for 30 years, 40 years. They have a name for it, and it's called starve the beast. It reduces taxes on the wealthy. They start unfunded wars. They allow their Wall Street buddies to defraud the global economy. They bail them out without tax money. They send money into they send the country into fiscal spiral. What is the best way of declaring government is no good? Is to make sure government doesn't work. And that's what they have accomplished. They have accomplished it with the constant narrative from Reagan to now that government is no good. Government is too big. They create huge debt on the American taxpayers. And then they go with a $30 million PR campaign that how scary debt is. That $30 million campaign is financed by Pete Peterson, the primary donor to the Clinton initiative. And finally, what their aim and goal is is to cut Social, Social Security, social programs, Medicare, Medicaid, food stamps, public education. And that's what their goal is. That's why they're here. That's what they do. And that's what they want to do. They have absolutely no remorse. These are traitors. Not one molecule of shame. And the best we can do is vote them out. But then that is so taxing because we don't even pay attention. We don't even make sure that what they are telling us is believable. And the media knows what they tell what they're telling us. It's a farce. So ready yourself because what you are about to witness is the demise of a middle class that is dwindling so fast that soon we will be the barter town. And those of you who don't know what barter town is, 
Bartertown is the community, is the town that um, Mad Max entered and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, where everything was being sold on the streets and open market. They were selling radioactive water because water was such a precious commodity. And how does that line up with reality? The fracking is poisoning the water of the world. Water will be a precious commodity. Maybe not in my lifetime or my grandchildren's lifetime or my great-grandchildren's lifetime, but it's coming. Just like climate change is producing super El Ninos and super storms. Look at the floods. Nah, look at the floods, not just in the United States, all over the world. Look at the super tornadoes and the frequent, look at the frequent fires. Look at the hurricane as we allow them, as we watch a senator standing on the floor with a snowball and denying it. Chris Hayes did a special, I I believe it was a two-day special, about the rising sea tide. And Louisiana has lost some some obscene amount of of its uh, land to the ocean. And it's continuing. The sea level is continuing to rise. The flooded neighborhoods in places like South Beach and and Miami and, and the south of Florida, on that coast, they are losing land because the fossil fuel industry is simply, as long as they can continue to sell oil. You have states that are Republican represented with governors and legislators who are making it difficult and they're putting extra taxes on renewable uh, solar panels and windmills. Just another hurdle to climb over if you are trying or seeking renewable energy to understand where we are headed and where we have come from and the years and years that their ideology has been winning the day because they are willing to message it. They are willing to give some slick wordsmith and speak in dog whistle bigotry and racism. Immigrants are those bad words. Black people, Hispanics, boogeymen. They're going to take something from you as the government gives subsidies to the corporations. Allow the corporations to buy the politicians and write their own legislation. They don't just buy the politicians. They give them the legislation the right. And it's done like clockwork because no one on the other side is paying attention. We are simply not paying attention. We allow 501, what are they, 501C3s to exist 
and do political work when, by definition, by definition, the majority of their work has to be done on a humanitarian level for them to receive the tax breaks. That's like the churches who wants to get in everyone's business, who wants to occupy a woman's vagina, who wants to call the shots, who wants to tell you who and how you can love and what bathroom to go to. But they squeal like pigs when we look for them to pay taxes on the churches. They're in your life, but they want religious freedoms. Their religious freedoms are being crushed, just like the gun lobbyists. Their Second Amendment rights are being put upon. He's trying to, he's going to take your gun. He's going to take your gun as the massacres continue in this country. There will be more next week. ISIS is being squeezed. There there was the report that um, in the Iraqi town that they just pushed ISIS out of. In the retreat, they were caught in kind of that Saddam Hussein um, uh, duck shoot where they were running out of the city and they lost like 40 vehicles and 250 men. Meme still comes from the right. Obama's soft on terror. This man has killed more people with drones than any other president in history. Innocent people. But that's the collateral damage. The collateral damage is greater with boots on the ground. A necessary evil. The greater good. The worst scenario. Drones. Feeling them, but I definitely don't feel boots on the ground in these in all of these countries. We wonder why they take up arms against us. They take up arms against us because they have no choice. They are sick and tired of the constant that the United States bring upon brings upon. Their population. You can allow Muslims to kill as many Muslims as they want. They don't have a problem with that. But when you get right down to it, ISIS kills more Muslims than anybody else. When you get right down to it, they are the scourge on their own religion. 
when we weren't trying to nation build. You see, people, look at the damage that a Bush administration, eight years of Republican rule has done. Look at the damage from eight years of prosperity and 22 million jobs created, although there was Glass-Steagall's fall, the Commodity Futures Modernization Act, and Graham Bleach Lyrie, they all rose to destroy the middle class. Just the mere fact that Ralph Nader was in the race, even with the voter purge of over 100,000 in Florida, Without Nader in the race, Gore would have still won Florida and would have been the president. Maybe Al Gore wouldn't have ignored the August 6th CIA briefing. Of people trying to learn to fly planes. Not land planes, not take off, just fly. Maybe we would have had a better response by FEMA to Katrina because there would not have been a George Bush to appoint a Mike Brown, an equestrian horse president, to run FEMA. If you put in bad, what you put in is what you get out. Thousands of black people died in the wake of Hurricane Katrina. Without George Bush, I don't believe it would have been as bad. You can't control nature. You can't control the aftermath and the response. And we didn't do that because we had a president who didn't believe that were unfunded. The giveaways to the pharmaceutical industry, unfunded. And then when a Democrat gets in, you cry and you run a $30 million campaign about debt. The American people have been dumbed down to the point where all they have to do is see it on television and have it repeated over and over again. Wasn't that the Nazi propaganda? Tell a lie, repeat it excessively, and continue it. You repeat the lie at nauseam, and it becomes a fact. You didn't have anyone speaking up about the withdrawal from Iraq. Status of forces agreement implemented by George Bush and leaving a date to pull out. And that's all Obama did because the Iraqis would not extend the SOFA agreement. And President Obama would not leave the U.S. soldiers under the law of the Iraq government. So now you have Republicans saying he pulled out of Iraq wrong. He pulled out of Iraq. He should have left some soldiers there, but he couldn't because they wouldn't have been under the rule of the Iraqi government. But you don't have enough Democrats saying this because the Democrats are cowering in their corners. They don't understand messaging. It's the big elephant. It's the gorilla in the room. 
and when you get right down to it, that's how you lose the war of perception. When you have a president who don't want to rock the boat, he don't want to make waves. He's the Jackie Robinson. I want you to listen to Obama's reality. Because it's 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 old, it's old. I, that's granted, it's old. But he said it then, and he was absolutely right. Michael Eric What about the notion that Barack Obama is the first black president? He doesn't have to be. We don't want him to be the last. And there's only so far down the field he can push the ball. Maybe our expectations of him as the first are unreasonable. Well, Tavis, that's ludicrous, as Mike Tyson might say. Um, and, and, and because everybody, you know, I was the first, so I wanted to be calm and reasonable in articulating my viewpoint. But you know I'm fired up right now. All right, and, and, I, and I'm going to just take half a minute more because I want to say this. First of all, he is the first black president, but we got to remember that. Jackie Robinson was the first. Jackie Robinson wasn't the best ball player. He was the best ball player suited to exist under the conditions that white folk would impose upon him. So I'm not suggesting that Mr. Obama is not a brilliant man. I knew him earlier than most people in this building, since 91. I was with Obama when most people who were black were with Hillary Clinton, when they were calling him Barack Obama. I knew who he was. I loved him. So I take second seat to no one. I love him. I love him walking down Air Force One. I love how he walks down and hollers at people. I love how he looks at black folk. I love how he looks at white folk. I love how he gives that Negro intimacy that is communicated telepathically. I love all of the symbolic gestures that are articulated from Obama. But at the end of the day, he's Jackie Robinson. I'm waiting for Willie Mays to come behind him because Willie's got a hell of a fan. Number two. Number two, how are you going to say you just the president of black folk? No, Sherlock. We didn't know that. Of course we knew that. I'm the very person who said he got to holler at white folk and wink at us. So don't tell me that I didn't understand that you had to engage in code switching, which is the predicate for acceptance in the larger circle of white supremacist logic, so that you could then get in with a black voice. But don't get up in there and become who you said you were against to begin with. Your point is that, and, and I'm not talking about black versus white, I'm talking about right versus wrong. So my point is, you are the president of everybody, which includes me. I am from America too. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. That's in America. New Jersey ain't got to be New York to be part of America. I ain't got to be white to be part of America. Latinos asking them for something and they got something. Gay and lesbians said, don't ask, don't tell, changed it. Jewish brothers and sisters said, deal with Israel, deal with it. All of those are specific entities. Why is it when it comes to Negroes? Why is it when it comes to black folk? All of a sudden we are persona non grata. I tell you, Mr. Obama, to deal with the black agenda is what every president before you had to do. How are you going to be any different? 
Abraham Lincoln had to deal with race. George Washington had to deal with race. LBJ had to deal with race. How come you the first president that ain't got to deal with race? It wasn't a black president who passed the Civil Rights Bill. It wasn't a black president who passed the Voting Rights Act. It wasn't a black president who passed the Fair Housing Act. It wasn't a black president who dealt with fair housing. It wasn't a black president who dealt with affirmative action. You can't be like every other president. Deal with race. If you want to be great, deal with the Negro question. Now let me say this. How you gonna say this? One size does not fit all. When you go to the hospital, some people take an aspirin for hangnails. Some people take an insulin for diabetes. And some people take in chemotherapy for cancer. Ain't no such thing as a rising tide lifts all boats. You got to target your particular reality and tailor the public policy. And let me say this. First of all, everybody ain't got no boat. So you need to you need to make some funds available for boat making. Then when we get to boats, some people got them little dinghies out there, and some people got some cruise liners. And the folk with the cruise liners don't give a damn what you do anyway. So the rising tide is not going to benefit us because we are being displaced by those big cruises. How are you going to deny Negroes money? 17% almost unemployment, 9% with white folks, 12% with Latinos, and tell me it's all equal. I'm telling you this, you bailed out the notorious AIG, you bailed them out, you bailed out General Motors, but you can't bail out African-American people who put together dimes and nickels and had parties for you to make sure that you could get up in the White House, and now when you get there, you can't have amnesia. Let me say this. Let me say this. Last second, Dr. Gray. Let, let me say this and I'm going to be done. It ain't no stimulus, it's stimulin. We ain't been stimulated. Look, when the money, as Dr. Malvo said, goes to the states, look at what monies have gone to the states. Montana and Dakota have gotten $1,200 per state resident. Those are the least diverse states in the, in the nation. The most diverse states... Texas, New Jersey, New York, Florida got $600 per. So even by Mr. Obama's logic, if it's a race-neutral, colorblind distribution of resources, even in that setup, black folk ain't getting it. So I want to tell you this. When you talk to Mr. Obama, I love him. I love him like my brother because I'm so proud of him. Don't mistake cultural pride for political accountability. Black people think that Obama is Martin Luther King Jr. Excuse me. Martin Luther King Jr. shed blood in Memphis. From that blood and the soil in which that blood was mixed sprouted every ability of black people in a post-King era to survive. When that martyrdom rose up, it was 40 years from King's assassination to Obama's inauguration. So don't tell me you stencil his face next to King's and they're the same. You think Obama is Moses. He is not Moses. He's Pharaoh. You've got to understand that Pharaoh, I'm not dogging him. I'm talking about his office. One man is a prophet, another man is a politician. It is time to say to Pharaoh, not let our people go, let our resources go. Let that money go. Let that love flow. 
And no white folk don't want you to love us, but you came from us. Before they knew you, we loved you. We birthed you. We gave you acceptance. You were biracial, but black folk made you a black man in America. Now represent us. Don't doubt us when we need you. We love you. We just want some love back. Son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, bitch, a gun. <laughs> you thought I was going to say son of a bitch, didn't you? <laughs> I'll say it. That was the excellent critique of what we've just witnessed for the last seven years. He was spot on then and he's spot on now. Hypocritical enough to say that this man has done all he can for African Americans. But nor can you say that this man should have been our savior. We should have saved ourselves, our community. Money flows through our community annually by the billion. Collect money by the billions on an annual basis. And yet the only thing that they feed are the chicken-eating preachers, the shit-grinning choir, and all of the apostles that gather around the feeding trough of their parishioners, fools at best, fools at best. Say I'm all prayed out is an understatement. To say that there should be something, some kind of awakening that black people just don't get. We've lost two generations going on three. We've allowed them to run rampant. hip-hop, gangster rap. And as someone said, our youth are living the lyrics of idiots. And that seems to be winning the day. What wins the day is gym shoes, jogging suits. What wins the day is Easy access to easy women. What rules the day for the black community is a Father's Day where there's lots of confusion in the black community. What wins the day is less education. The unknown commodity of oneself of your history, that's what wins the day in our community. President Obama was afraid to pick up that baton and hand it off to people of color. He's done some things, but He was afraid of the criticism. 
He was afraid of the echo chamber, and that's how they that's how they ride with the echo chamber. Oh, Bill Clinton met with the Attorney General. Gonna get Hillary off. Oh, and that's been a two, three day story. The stupidity of a Bill Clinton, let alone the the ignorance of a, an Attorney General, a Department of Justice Attorney General. How do you meet with him? By chance. And you could have spoken about anything, but you see, perception. They talk up the perception that somehow the deal was being cut, that the fix was in. And if they repeated it enough, the country would believe it. You have progressives and Democrats who knew, who could only flinch in pain when the story broke. But they were too afraid to stand up, to disavow the narrative that came out that somehow there was some hanky-panky going on. And hey, there very well could have been some hanky-panky. That's the only thing that we know in this country is hanky-panky, deal-cutting, behind-the-scenes, smoke-filled rooms, vulture capitalists, cronyists. So why should this be any different? Thumb your nose at them and say, go to hell. If you can't prove it, shut the up. Like I say, I'm all prayed out. Nine two nine four seven seven two eight six seven is the number. If you agree or disagree, I'll tell you like this. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We will be civil. I want you to hear this because um, I heard it a long, 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 long time ago, and I just came across it again. And to me, it was genius, brilliant. Ooh, I bet you're wondering how I knew about your plans to make me blue with some other guy. You knew before Between the two of us guys You know I love you more It took me by surprise I must say When I found out Yesterday Don't you know that I heard it Through the grapevine Not much longer Would you be mine Oh I heard it Through the grapevine Oh I'm just about To lose my mind But these tears I can't hold inside Losing you within my life, you see Cause you mean that much to me You could have told me yourself That you love someone else 
one day beyond the fourth. And I got to tell you, Andy, I don't know um, how you're going to be able to do a show. I'll still be full from the fourth. And, hey, hey, let's not get it twisted. We were still slaves, still slaves in 1776 on the 4th of July. That's not our independence. That's the white man's independence. Our slavery came, hmm, what, how many years? 89? Something to that effect. So I got a little bad math, a little bad math. And when you got bad math like I do, I guess you just can't fix it. Do men ever stop being stupid? No. (laughs) Uh, No, we do not. The stupidity reigns. I have yet to see too many smart men. We always fall victim to something a little more promising. A little more promising. So when we talk about stupidity, I am one man who who understands that a man is born through a woman. He is raised by a woman. He falls in love with a woman. He marries a woman. And I'm surprised about the man who doesn't respect a woman. You can't make this up, period. You cannot make this up. Time decides who you need in life. Your heart decides who you want in your life. And your behavior decides. Those are the realities. Those are life's realities. No room for hopes and dreams. Reality will shock your world. I'm not saying hopes and dreams are bad. It's always nice to hope and dream. I do it every every time I buy one of those lottery tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the fool's money. It's the fool's money. But um, I'll tell you, I'll give you a dumb quote. It could happen. Anyway, I use it as leverage against my grandchildren and my children and my ex-wife. And as I sit here with my lottery ticket before they pulled, made the drawing, and after I've antagonized the hell out of everybody, I tell them, y'all ain't going to be talking to me like this when my million come in. (laughs) Uh, Needless to say, I'm not um, getting... Too too well of a, a response to those to those threats of mine. It's all about not just humanity, 
about your integrity. No matter how educated, talented, rich, or cool you believe you are, how you treat people ultimately tells all. Integrity is everything. And people need to understand it. Especially black people. Because we have been caught up in such a, a downward spiral that we have absolutely nothing to show for it. We have almost a decade, I'm sorry, almost a century of freedom. Because our freedom didn't really kick in until we think the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. We lived 100 years of false flags, of false hope. And we have emerged as a people. We're the only people on the entire planet taught to sing and praise our own demeanment. I'm a bitch. I am a hoe. I am a gangster. I am a thug. I am a dog. If you can train people to demean and degrade themselves, you can oppress them forever. You can even program to kill themselves, and they won't even understand what's happened. Dr. Francis Cresswell. How true. 929-477-2867. I don't think you understand. I don't mind sitting here talking to myself. I don't. It, it don't, don't bother me at all. It really, it, it really don't. I can do this. I can sit here and talk to myself two hours straight. But there are some people who de- just demand that I do crazy stuff like take a break. <laughs> oh, man. It, it comes to that sometimes. And I have a, I have this lasting feeling deep down in my soul <laughs> that I look for more breaks as I as I run out of dialogue. Other way, inconceivable, inconceivable, inconceivable. Inconceivable! You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. I love that little sound bite because it's absolutely true. That's from the Princess Bride. Unlike, um, unlike everything else, After a while, people who are conscious of what's going on, after a while, you, you, you're tired. When I say you're tired, I'm t- I tire very easily of people who sit amongst suspicious people who are nothing more than snake oil salesmen. 
who preached the word from the white man's Bible rather than educate themselves to their own history. To find a way to let them know that we have been lied to, we have been miseducated, and that's where we are. We have been told and spun a yarn of the white Jesus. Where the cradle of light walks amongst Africa. Egypt is in Africa. There was no Middle East. Black people were the initial conquerors, the newly civilized. We have a Black History Month, and we should have a Black History Year every day. We should be taught something different about our history. We flow into a system of white supremacy, of uneducated, miseducated, and their lives. When they allowed the slaves to have church, there was one white man in the church to make sure the preacher didn't rally the slaves to rise up. And as long as you had house Negroes who were willing to sell out their people for the admiration, for the fee of admiration, wander blindly through a cemetery with open graves and yard rakes. You miss one, you step on another. You miss the rake, you step into the grave. The new Jim Crow, the new era of slavery is upon Green light given to police to shoot unarmed blacks down in the street because they have a firewall of judges. To simply look the other way. That is your wink and a nod. And as I say, I'm not an atheist, but all prayed out. I have run out of prayers. No more silent vigils for innocent lives killed by sick individuals. I'm bankrupt from candles that have burned holes in my fingers but line the pockets of those that profit from bullet holes through flesh. Past depressed, I have elevated to pissed cause past tears were dismissed by lobbyists in Congress for the right to bear arms without proper process. More frequent are candles being burned without wishes to mourn victims blown out by the click of a trigger. Body counts that exceeds all the candles that flicker mental illness the killer but the government's sicker. I have run out of prayers. 
What good have they done? How many more lives must be taken by the hand of a gun? I sat still and prayed in 1999 when 12 students and a teacher were killed at Columbine. I prayed once again when more lives were wrecked, 32 souls snuffed out on the campus of B-Tech. Did I pray hard enough? Maybe my lament was no good. 13 killed, 30 wounded on the base of Fort Hood. I prayed, DC sniper, a click, then a bang. I prayed for Chicago, click, click, then bang, bang. Aurora, Colorado, praying and praying. I prayed for Sandy Hook, where children were playing. I prayed while Dylan Roof killed black people praying. I prayed from sea to shining sea for a sea of dead. And all I see is more bloodshed. But faith without works is said to be dead, so I pray there's no hell when I say, fuck prayer. Give me action instead. When will lives trump politics? When will the policy reflect? Maybe if people were corporations, they'd treat our lives with respect. If we spilled oil instead of blood, then they'd really give a shit. Or maybe if bullets were food stamps, now there's the real threat. Forbid people from eating for free, but put guns in the hands of all of our teens. Trigger happy enthusiasts of the right wing, make us think that the threat is Islamic extremist. When the real threat at home is domestic terrorist, funded by those claiming to be the holiest, pledging allegiance to Christ with a gun to their chest. I'm all out of prayers. Give me solutions. Amend number two in our constitution. Smoke from gun barrels are like greenhouse pollution. As oceans of bodies rise, they drown in delusion. GOP. Guns obliterate people. You need to GOP. Get off the pot or piss. We need to get rid of this sickness by voting some asses out of office. No more RIP, resting in peace. Instead, RIP, rewrite ignorant policies and rip assault rifles from off the streets. This ain't the goddamn Middle East, so why do I feel PTSD? I ain't got nothing to pray. I'm the fucking NRA. Nigga real agitated, causing Orlando lives were traded for a Senate seat and a house that's gated for their own security. While we bury those in our community. I'm afraid if I pray... We'll be back here in a matter of days to watch more of our loved ones taken away. And these words that I say are just thoughts on a page. So here's my final prayer. I muted. Of course I did. It, all, it happens at least once or twice a show. You mute. I see the people in the chat room. East Coast Sam. OCG, Miss Janice Graham of Our Common Ground. Favorite Tooth and Nibia Declare of the I Declare Show. I see a question. Well, what happened to Elizabeth Warren? Elizabeth Warren got a preemptive strike from Wall Street itself. And Wall Street simply says, do not pick Elizabeth Warren. Do not pick Elizabeth Warren. 
because we are against her being next in line. Tim Kaine, no. Tim Kaine is one of would be one of the weakest choices because then they would want to put him in line after Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is not going to do with one term. One term and she's done. I honestly believe that as age creeps upon her, she will just simply say, what the hell? The fact that Elizabeth Warren is so opposed to Wall Street. This is the influence that the money that Hillary Clinton has taken from Wall Street has. She will not pick Elizabeth Warren. She will not pick her. And she's going to use the fact that there's a Republican governor in Massachusetts and they would replace her with a Republican. And that's where that stands. And that's the cut and driving. The consensus is she's going to pick Tim Kaine, Mr. Borey, Mr. Plain, Mr. Bland. And he could no more motivate the progressive left than he can African Americans or Hispanics. Even with all the propaganda. that the Clinton machine will be able to generate, it wouldn't be strong enough to overcome the nonsense and the attacks coming from the right. We need someone like Elizabeth Warren. We needed a Bernie Sanders to pull her to the right. And oh, by the way, I read this a few months ago, And um, another corporation is suing the U.S. government thanks to trade agreements. And I basically told you about the story. Canadian corporation is suing the U.S. because we wouldn't let them build a pipeline across our country, seizing people's property along the way so they could sell oil to China. They can do this because... We signed a trade agreement that places corporate rights above our democracy. The TPP would increase by an order of magnitude the companies that can use this trade agreement to sue us for hurting their profits, protecting their environment, consumers, public health, small business. Because they can. They're suing the U.S. for $15 billion because we wouldn't build the Keystone Pipeline so they could sell oil to China. That should be the first rewrite of NAFTA. NAFTA's been going on far too long for there to be no changes to NAFTA, and the deficit of trade has skyrocketed. We are on the 
business end of a baseball bat behind the head. The mere fact that our sovereignty is at stake. We can't make regulations to save our air, to save our water. Because if it hurts the corporations, they can sue us for billions. We passed the COOL Act. The COOL Act was a certificate of origin labeling. It simply said we can, we, you must label the food to tell the people where it's coming from. And now Canada and Mexico are suing the United States for billion dollars a year each because we passed the COOL Act. And what did Republicans do? They repealed the COOL Act and threw it into some omnibus bill that the president signed. So now there's no, there's no more COOL Act. The hell with your food. You can eat GMOs. You can eat whatever you want. And just die. It's out there. Just die. But that is the latest. We're being sued by the Canadian company corporation that has uh, the XL pipeline for $15 billion to a kangaroo court of corporate attorney. You think we're going to win that one? I don't. So the taxpayers will be on the hook for $15 billion. But we will still give subsidies to the oil companies in the tune of $83 billion. That's where Donald Trump has a chance. He's willing to attack these trade deals, or he's simply willing to say it. He's willing to lie and say he's going to undo these trade deals, and we all know. It's not going to happen. not going to happen. But he gets to the left of idiots. And they're willing to run with any and everything Trump. Trump this, Trump that. But Trump couldn't keep it together. 929-477-2867. Let's see this caller, 617. Welcome to the Alpo Show. Thank you for calling. Hey, Alpo. Danny? I have a question for you. I don't know. Good evening. Are you we don't doing know. Questions? Are we doing questions today? All right. <laughs> <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, I just called you to tell you uh, to unmute your phone. Because <laughs> oh, that's my what, job. What, what, I saw it in the I saw it in the chat room, but it, like I said, it happens every show. Well, the thing to do is to unmute it on the studio board, and you don't have to worry about it because you'll see it. Well, I'll mute I it think. On my phone. My but phone but phone. let me while I got you, Alpha, and we haven't talked about we haven't talked about this this week. This thing with Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch and the meeting on the tarmac, 
What's your take on that? My take is this. It's just like they said it was. It was a black check. It wasn't scheduled. There wasn't a, 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 a preemptive, hey, let's meet over here. They were just there at the same time and decided to talk and, and just for shits and giggles and, and shoot the breeze. But that's what you have when you have a corrupt media, when you have a white team that's going to jump on everything, every single thing. And if Hillary Clinton becomes president, they will continue this war against the Democrats. And the Democrats sit there it's just let me take it. Now, if you had and what did Loretta Lynch do? She rushed to the microphones and I'll accept whatever the justice was. No, you're the boss. You tell them right wingers to go to hell. You discuss grandchildren and pleasantry. And you do what a George Bush would have done. You stand your ground. Yep. They haven't learned that yet. That's what. That's not what Democrats do. Democrats are too apologetic. Democrats are. Oh, I'm sorry. They're about the. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Favorite. Good show. <laughs> I'll Thank talk you, to dear. you later. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling, Johnny. Dennis Graham, the CEO of Truth Fortune Network and the host of Our Common Ground. And I don't know if she knows it or not, but she's also my secretary. <laughs> uh, I love to tease her about that because I am IT illiterate. I am computer stupid. Comes to, listen, you can ask me. You can ask me anything about a computer. And when you get my response, the only thing you'll be able to respond back is... What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. There you go. I want to talk about IT. That's as far as I can get. <laughs> I know nothing. So Janice does a very good, good thing, and she, she helps her brother out. She helps her brother out. And because I need the help, really. I really need the help because when it comes to that, I just have absolutely no upside. There is no upside there. What did they say? You can't fix stupid? <laughs> You can't fix stupid. That's simple. I'd love to tell you all that I'm optimistic about the future, about this election. 
but ask yourself if you can afford four years of Donald Trump. He don't want to be president, I'm telling you. That's why he continues to say the stupid stuff. He's alienated Hispanics, women, Muslims, young people, coddled with the bigots and the racists. He's fooled the the elderly ignorant, the stupid, uneducated, poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. And let me tell you like this. There's There's something bad. There's something wrong. Bad things are happening. We have to find out what's going on. We have to stop immigration until we find out what's going on. He's always got to find out what's going on because he don't know shit. What's going on? What is that is the battle cry. Government is bad. We don't know what's going on. He's the ISIS candidate. Because with him, ISIS will rise. Right now, they're into little small, soft target strikes. So be there because we will be under attack, and we will be under attack by cell groups. Groups that simply accelerate on soft targets. They're losing in the land war in Iraq. But they have enough people on the outskirts to attack the civilized world. Get it twisted if you want. It's not going to help. They are losing. So the tax will increase. Bangladesh, Brussels, bombers, three suicide bombers, boom, just blew themselves up. Killing 45 or more. Injuring 140-something, that's what they do. Thank you, Janice, for your call. Thank all of you in the chat room for listening. Thank everyone for listening. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. So is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. 
Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, the Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents the Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best of political pushback. Just dance.